0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Paul Hayes. Paul, are you ready to do this? Sure. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Let's do this. Paul is a writer and lecturer, as well as the owner and principal of Investorship.com, and he's the author of Spending Your Way to Wealth. I'm excited to have you on. Paul, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, I fall in the category of being a senior citizen. I retired from uh, active uh, activity uh, as a financial advisor about 20 years ago. And I've spent the last 20 years thinking about how people go about investing, some of the things that uh, they do that is so right, and some of the things we do that uh, we could probably do better if we took a little more time to think about how to invest rather than always focusing on what to invest in. When I retired, I commenced what now is a 20 year collaborative relationship with a personality psychologist who was introduced to me as one of the top personality psychologists in the nation. Ron Smith, a faculty member at the University of Washington, uh, where he has authored numerous books uh, on the subject of psychology that have been used in universities throughout the English-speaking world. Uh, and uh, he was also recently the uh, director of the University of Washington's uh, uh, clinical psychology department. So a man of great insights into how the mind works. And we collaborated and we put together a working uh, seminar on how people think about uh, uh making financial decisions and it was open to the idea that uh, people can enhance their behavior if they understand more about themselves and it's often said that uh you know if you don't know who you are wall street's a horribly expensive place to learn and that's very true but uh, our focus was on understanding you know the whole thought process and it was at a time that uh, The world was sort of waking up to Daniel Kahneman, uh, the Nobel Prize winning psychologist who wrote the book, Thinking Fast and Slow. And uh, uh, his work was pivotal in terms of causing economists throughout the world to realize that the way they thought about financial decision-making up until Kahneman introduced them to some new information uh, had been pretty limited. Economists tend to think uh, or thought that people would gather, these are economists, would gather all of the relevant information they could if they were going to make a financial decision. And then they would weigh it based on its importance. And with that proper weighting and the information they had, they'd make a decision. And Kahneman basically introduced about 30 years worth of work that he and Amos Tversky, a psychologist at Stanford, uh, and Kahneman had been at uh, University of uh, California at Berkeley. They basically said, well, the model that the economists are using failed to take into account that individuals are people and we all tend to allow our emotions to creep into our decisions. Uh, and that awareness of the role that emotion played caused the economic model to be flawed. And it was like a giant light switch came on for economists. They realized that, uh, that this was absolutely true, that they had overlooked the heavy weighting that they needed to give to the reality that people – allow their emotions to corrode their judgment. So that became the basis for the work that Ron and I did together, and we put on seminars for individuals, but also for corporations and uh, okay. institutions, and uh, focusing on that aspect of human nature. What is it about us that causes us at times to be so brilliant, and yet at times do such stupid things that we look back with <laughs> hindsight and slap ourselves on the side of the head? Uh so after 20 years of working in that field, I decided you know, that the the message needed to reach people in a little different way. It needed to be put together in a book that uh, was fun to read, that uh, allowed us to gain some greater insights into ourselves, and uh, that was the genesis of thinking your way uh, or spending your way to, uh, to wealth. Uh, and it's just that, we start off the book, and you know, I start off talking to people about uh, an example of how normal we are because we all tend to fall in that category of being pretty normal but it's that normal aspect of us that gets us in trouble uh, an example would be uh, a bat and a ball that cost together a dollar and ten cents but the bat costs a dollar more than the ball so the question is how much does the ball cost and it's so evident by the question if the bat and ball together costs a dollar 10 cents and the bat costs a dollar more the ball must cost 10 cents and almost always that's the answer that people come up with that, that ball is 10 cents uh, so normal people like most of us are uh, conclude erroneously that the ball costs 10 cents but it can't if the bat costs a dollar more than a 10 cent ball that makes the uh, makes the bat cost a dollar and ten cents, and if you add a ten-cent ball to a dollar ten-cent bat, you have a dollar twenty cents. But the question started off with the two costing a dollar ten cents, so the answer that's almost always first and foremost in people's mind, uh, and the answer that people tend to blurt out when asked, is wrong. And why is that? Well, it's because we're normal. That's the way our brain works. That's the way we think. Uh, it's intuitive. It's normal. It's quick. We don't have to think about it. We just know it. Uh, but with that quick stop and reflect, um, does it cost a dollar? Uh, 10, uh, does it cost 10 cents? And that little bit of back checking is basically the time spent just thinking about things before we react. So it's kind of thinking fast and slow, as Kahneman talks about in his book. He talks about system one in the brain as being The intuitive part of the brain, it's the part of the brain that allows us to know instantly that two and two is four. You don't have to think about it. We just know it. But if 37 times 28 is asked, it takes a little time. You have to stop and reflect. You may even have to get out a pencil and paper to do it and uh, come up with the answer. We know we can do it, but we know it takes some energy. And uh, by nature, we're kind of lazy people because we have to reserve energy in case we have to fly or have to Uh, to run from a situation. So uh, it's knowing when to stop and think, and it's knowing when to react. We need both parts of the brain. We need to be able to react very quickly to save our life at times, but we also need to slow down and think about things more deeply. So spinning your way to wealth is just kind of that in a nutshell. It's giving examples that uh, are concrete examples of how normal we are and yet how wrong that normal tendency can cause us to be. It's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to think about, and uh, uh, we don't, as a general rule, take enough time to think. Uh, it's probably the shortcoming that we have as people. We're <laughs> so busy and so preoccupied with life that uh, taking the time to really think about things uh, is important. And uh, we spend so much time trying to think what to invest in and what's the next great opportunity rather than stopping to think that it's kind of how we go about it. It's that deliberative part of our decision. It's uh, not being reactive when we don't need to be reactive and when we shouldn't be reactive. So that's kind of what that's- I'm about. And it's really fun to talk to people and uh, a little bit of time spent just thinking about how we think. Metacognition, as a psychologist would call it, but it's a uh, it's an eye-opener in terms of how we can do things better, slow down, don't allow yourself to let your emotions corrode your judgment. Right. Uh, the markets are up and down, we've seen that in spades in the last couple of months, but that's really not new, that's been an ongoing phenomenon with financial markets forever.
0: Sure oh so, um, we are too busy to be thinking paul these days I tell you too much <laughs> too many things <laughs> to uh, occupy our attention and and too many shiny new fun things to be looking at but I think you're hundred percent right and it, it's it's fascinating that that economists have failed for so long to take into account the fact that people are people to your point and and i do, do you think that it's obviously uh, a pretty important thing just to let people know hey you're you are not broken you are like me and like so many other people that this is just the way that we're wired and so now that you know that let's let's let, let's start doing some positive things about it
1: yeah well that's exactly right I start off the book with five very simple questions that I ask people uh, that bat and the ball is one of them but they're those kinds of questions that people can answer quickly uh, and then stop and reflect on the fact that they answered them quickly incorrectly. Uh, And that's sort of an eye-opener to people because it points out the fact that, yeah, we're normal. That's a normal tendency. That's a normal answer, but it's wrong. So if we can be more aware of our fallacies there and our tendency to do that, why is it we feel sometimes that we have to act so quickly? Uh, What motivates us to make uh, a rapid decision? If you're in a classroom it's always interesting when i talk to a large group of people uh i'll ask a question and a lot of hands will go up very quickly uh but it's real interesting to note that a lot of the hands that go up quickly are hoping people that are hoping they won't get called on because they don't know the answer but they wanted to appear smart and get their hand up before anybody else could
0: <laughs> i've been guilty uh, of that
1: <laughs> well we all are i mean uh If you take your time to answer a a simple question, you appear to be not very bright, maybe. And we're so interested in our self-esteem or preserving our self-esteem that we allow that motivation to get in the way of a higher motivation, and that is to get it right. uh, That's, again, it's just kind of who we are. uh, One of the things that uh, I enjoy doing is pointing out the enormous... Benefit or the enormous reward that can do that can come as a result of doing some very small things. We all know this. We all know that when we reach in our pocket to buy the four-dollar latte or something, that it's only four dollars, and it's something we really enjoy. And we have to enjoy life. We have to indulge ourselves at times, uh, but we have to be able to be able to limit maybe how many times we enjoy a latte during the day. I use an example of a young person who buys a couple of lattes a day and uh, doesn't think anything about it because the change is there—it's in his pocket or her pocket or her purse. Uh, yeah, the lattes maybe only three fifty or four dollars a day, but over the course of a lifetime, uh, if you adjust that latte expense for inflation, you come away with maybe a hundred something thousand dollars spent on the latte during a person's normal working lifespan. But if that same money uh, went into the second latte, uh, you don't go without the latte if you enjoy it. But if the second one was maybe more unnecessary than it really seemed at the time, had gone into an S&P index fund, just a low-fee, non load fund. Uh, it's sort of a proxy for what American businesses have done over time. You get about a million three hundred thousand dollars of forfeited wealth. <laughs> so it's not just the – amount of money somebody could have if they modified their behavior slightly, it's how much they forfeit uh, by, by not slowing down and giving some thought to uh, not just spending versus saving, which is a bad way to look at it, in my opinion. It causes us to pit them as polar opposites, which they aren't. Uh, we spend everything we have. If we can start from that premise and just reflect on the accuracy of that. You know, Assuming we don't just give our money away or bury it in a tin can in the backyard or put it under our mattress, we do spend everything we have. Uh, we may spend it when we put it in the bank, but it's spent. If we buy treasury bonds or municipal bonds or mutual funds, we're spending the money. So let's just recognize that and then give some thought to the fact that if we reallocate what we spend and we allocate more of our money in the direction of things that have future value instead of no future financial value, uh, that money that gets reallocated can make the difference between being very, very uh, financially secure in life versus having a lot of regret. Yeah, the last chapter of the book uh, is a very short chapter. and It's not even called a chapter number. It's just the final chapter, and simply stated, the final chapter is spending can be the cause of future wealth, or spending can be the cause. of of enormous wealth forfeiture and in regret. Your choice. And so what we need to do is stop. Every time we make an expenditure, we need to think of the long-term consequence. Not just spending money, but spending anything, spending our time. Are we spending our time in a productive way? Mm. Will it have long-term benefits? Will it create a wealth of great memories, which is an important wealth to have? Maybe a wealth of integrity by spending time doing something worthwhile or a wealth of knowledge by spending our time being educated. Uh, Because the book spending your way to wealth conjures up the idea that it's all about money, but it really isn't. Wealth is an abundance of something of value. It can be a valuable thing, something other than money and spending. is just an exchange of one thing of value for something else of greater perceived value. It doesn't have to be money. So it's not just a book about money. It's a book about having a portfolio of diversified wealth, plural. And that's a term people aren't accustomed to seeing. In fact, if you look it up in the dictionary, you almost always find it talked about as wealth. as a singular, but our goal in life is to have a whole series of wealth associated with it a wealth of integrity, a wealth of great memories, a wealth of decency, a wealth of generosity – and, oh yeah, uh, a sufficient level of financial wealth to be able to do the things we need to do and want to do. Uh,
0: well, yeah, it's kind of a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's so important, right there, Paul. Talking about wealth as an abundance of something of value. And yes, we do oftentimes. I know I do. Just think about it in terms of 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 money or investments. But that you're right. It's it's it can be it can be so many other things. Certainly time and attention and gratitude and all of those things. So being able to frame it in that way, uh, I think is something that people can really, really get their arms around. And if you can train them or if we can help people to, to be more mindful of, of making those, those decisions about spending, how am I going to spend uh, this this five dollars? How am I going to spend this twenty minutes? How am I going to spend you know my my, my attention? Am I going to read? Am I going to f- scroll through social media? Am I going to go on the internet? All all important decisions which will lead to your overall wealth.
1: Yeah, you got it. That's uh, you know that just uh, it's just slowing down and thinking about what's important in life, and realizing that if all we have at the end of the day is a wealth of great memories. And we go to the grocery store, the clerk says it'll be $68 for your basket of groceries. And you look him in the eye or her in the eye and say, you know, I've got a a wealth of great memories. (laughs) The clerk repeats the fact that it's $68, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's great. Perfect. Well, Paul, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Well, I guess the tip would be to uh, slow down, calm down, uh, think more about what it is you're about to do, uh, and think about the long-term consequences of everything you spend. But when you spend money, make sure every decision on how to spend is is greeted with the thought, how do I want to allocate this spending? Am I allocating it in a way that's gonna satisfy an emotional need or a psychic need? Uh, or am I spending it in a way that's going to have some long term favorable consequences, financial and otherwise? But uh, we take it, uh, we spend so much time spending. It's one of America's great pastimes. You know, we do it for entertainment, we do it for emotional stimulation, we do it for ego satisfaction. Uh, I guess the tip would be uh, recognize what's motivating you and make sure you're being motivated to do the right thing. For the right reason. If you're doing something because it's going to increase your self-esteem, uh, maybe you want to rethink that. Maybe you can ele- lower that self-esteem motive to a lower level. Maslow's list or hierarchy of needs has self-esteem quite a ways up on that pyramid, but in reality, it preempts an awful lot of the needs that are greater at the, the lower level. So just uh, kind of. Uncouple yourself from yourself, uh, and and think about: Am I being motivated to do the right thing? Am I buying a lottery ticket because I really think this is going to be the ticket to retirement, or do I get an emotional uh, kind of a entertainment kick out of it? And if I' doing it because I find it sort of entertaining, or I like the idea of having uh, something to look forward to the possibility of, then buy a lottery ticket or buy a, a lottery ticket. But don't buy 20 of them, and don't frequent them so frequently that your your retirement fund suffers as a result of your constantly spending money with hope. It's probably a false hope because the probability of success is so low. And become a probabilist, which was an interesting term that's kind of a fun word to say. But think about the probability of what you do. You know, when we get in the car to drive to the store to get a quart of milk, we uh, – Don't stop and think about the possibility that we're going to be killed in the car accident doing that. It's a possibility, but we dismiss it, and we probably should because the probability is so low. But when we make any decision, stop and consider what's the probability of this being a good decision. And we're capable of being much better probabilistic thinkers, and we give ourselves credit for We just sort of intuitively think we know what the probability is. But if we know that the probability of something we're going to spend money on, uh, of having that have greater value in the future, financial value, then maybe we want to do a little less of that and do things that have a greater probability of financial uh, future value, and, uh, the funding for the $68 grocery cart.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on there's a lot of great stuff in there paul i particularly like the notion of how much time are you spending spending i think that's a i think that's a really great way to think about it so well paul thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you where can they get a copy of the book
1: well start by going to investorship.com which is a new word but it's a word that describes a philosophy and it's that philosophy that guides a person's thinking when they spend and so com, we'll give you some background on the book it's uh got hot links into arms and noble and amazon and the bookstores that you can find the book in uh and it'll give you some more background on me uh, i'm not trying to sell anything anymore i put some what i thought of creative thoughts into the book some things that i think can be helpful and uh, I think if somebody will take the time to read it, they'll not only hopefully enjoy it, but they'll get some guidelines and some thoughts that probably are a little different than they've seen elsewhere, Tried to put things in different perspective and cause us to think about things that we may think we know a lot about, and maybe we do, but we may not think about them the way that we could, and if we thought about things a little differently, we might do things differently, and if we did things a a little differently, we'd probably get different results, and uh, hopefully those results will be long-term, more success financially as otherwise.
0: I appreciate that. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Paul your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Investorship.com, pick up a copy of Spending Your Way to Wealth and all the other great resources that Paul has put the time into creating. Thank you again, Paul.
1: Thank you, and have a great day.
0: You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online bootcamp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money